once was at a talk that was given by a person who had really written a lot about the Bible throughout the course of his life. He was a very eminent scripture scholar. And by the time I saw him, he was retired for many years. It was just a year or two before he died. He was very prolific, written lots of books. And somebody in the audience asked him, how do you become a better reader? Because he'd spent his whole life reading and analyzing texts, and writing about them. How do you become a better reader? And clearly he thought about this before because he just took a short pause and then he said, if you want to become a better reader, you have to close the book. If you want to become a better reader, you have to close the book. And what he meant was anybody can drag their eyeballs across lines on a page. Anybody can memorize something if they're expected to spit it back for an exam or somebody wanting to know that they'd looked at it. But what really was a measure of whether or not something had been absorbed, whether you'd integrated it into your heart, was how did you think about it and talk about it and live it when the book was closed? To what degree did what you had read actually influence who you had become? If you want to be a better reader, you have to close the book. I'd like to paraphrase that just a little bit. And I'd like to suggest that if you want to become a better Christian, if you want to become a better follower of Jesus Christ, if you want to advance on the spiritual journey in the Christian life, you have to leave the church. If you want to be a better Christian, you have to leave the church. Now, all this stuff gets broadcast over the airwaves, so I can imagine if that line were plucked out of context, my pay might be cut in half. But why should we live in fear of trolls on the internet, right? I don't mean leave the church with a capital C, and I don't mean give up on your parish and never come back again, but I mean what happens when you leave the immediate, obvious presence of Jesus? What happens when you leave the church? What happens when you close the door and the lights are off? And for many of us here, if we're able to come to Mass every Sunday, that's no small thing. What happens, though, when we leave the church? To what degree has it seeped into our lives and our minds and our hearts? To what degree is it influencing the decisions we make? Not simply whether or not we're trying to live like better people, that's an important thing to do, but you don't have to believe in Jesus to want to live like a better person. To what degree has it literally shaped our identities? And I'm bringing all of this up because in that powerful scene we see today from the Gospel of John, what we're witnessing is the influence on one man, though really it's the influence in his whole little group, but the influence of what happens when you leave the presence of Jesus or when he chooses to leave your presence. Now stick with me on this. Yes, I know Jesus is always with us and, and that's all 100% true. But put yourself in their place when all of this was very, very new. Okay, Jesus rose from the dead. That's great. But it wasn't so great that they weren't huddled in their rooms with the doors locked. 
And he was there, and then he was gone, and then he turned up again, and then he was gone. And what we're seeing in the mind and heart of Thomas is one man wrestling with the impact of the fact that Jesus wasn't there with him. And to John's great credit, he gives us a little window into what was going on in his mind and his heart before Jesus turned up again and was with him. Because a fair amount of time passed by. And what we see in Thomas' mind and heart is that honest sense of, why wasn't he here for me? Can I really share in the joy that you all seem to have if I didn't see what you saw? And we're not given a huge window into his state of mind, it's just one phrase, but because he says it with such conviction, unless I see this and this, what you saw, I can't be who you are. This isn't just some statement of intellectual affirmation. I can't believe that he's here. It's more than that. It's everything that he was feeling and wrestling with because he wasn't there when they were there. He wasn't at church when he was there with the others. And what I'd like to suggest is that the power in that scene is that he lets it be known. Before Jesus turns up again, he lets it be known where he's at, what he's feeling. And I'll bet he's not the only one, even in that group, who felt quite the same way. Yes, they'd seen Jesus, so they knew something that he didn't know. But did they really feel fully transformed by the fact that Jesus had appeared to them? If that was the case, why were they still in the room with the door locked? Whatever the good news of Jesus' resurrection was, it wasn't enough to take them out into the world. There was still a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, maybe even a little bit of doubt. I don't want to read something into the text that's not there. But if there were still a little bit of uncertainty in the other disciples' minds, I wouldn't have held that against them. Not at that stage of things. And what Thomas does by simply saying with brutal honesty, this is where I am. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm longing for. Is he's opening the door to an extraordinary and holy community. He's allowing the others to know that maybe if they were feeling just a little bit of what Thomas was saying, even though they were there when Jesus had walked through the door, that it was okay. That they weren't the only one maybe still worried behind their locked door about what their future would look like. And all too often when we leave the church, I think to the degree we sometimes struggle with things, to the degree we sometimes do worry. There's no doubt Jesus is risen. There are the flowers. They prove it. But are there still some areas in our lives or our minds or our hearts where we feel like, you know, Lord, I'm so glad you came out of the tomb. Could you just come a little closer to me? Things that we may struggle with, issues of faith, deep, deep convictions, choices we've made, maybe regrets that we have, that we know to some degree our faith ought to be able to help us with. And everyone around us seems to know that our faith helps us with it. And when we're in church, all we hear about is how our faith helps us with it. But all that I want to say is just a little spiritual exercise is to let our friend Thomas give us permission 
Let him give us the freedom to say to the degree that we have it, and maybe you don't, maybe absolutely positively there's nothing that maybe you still feel you need a little extra help with from the Lord. But I suspect for many of us, if not most of us here, there are still areas of struggle, maybe even areas of doubt. Not about the big existential statements of our faith, Jesus is risen, the incarnation, the Holy Spirit has come. But that's all when we're in church. And how real is it for us when we leave? Thomas was a pretty good guy. He was with Jesus for a lot of time. I don't think he doubted having convicted himself enough to be there with Jesus throughout his active life. But in this moment, when all the others seemed to have what he so desperately wanted, he could have kept his mouth shut. He could have simply sat there in church and pretended that he felt what they all felt. But to his undying credit, he spoke it out. And I think he spoke it out with love. He spoke it out with longing and desire. And just by allowing himself to be known in that way, all of a sudden, the absence of Christ was very present, even before Jesus walked through the door. Wherever two or more are gathered, there he is. Jesus could walk through the walls of St. Joe's, but most of the time he chooses not to do that. He's here in church, and he's out there as well.